Class of 2023 forward, TJ Power has shot up the recruiting boards this year, and North Carolina has taken a keen interest. In fact, they're one of his final five schools. Could TJ Power be a Tar Heel? Jason Jordan is here today to help us break down his game and talk about his recruitment. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, August 18th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget, we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure you get your team every day. For those of you watching, please also smash the like button and leave some comments as we talk about TJ Power. It's great to be joined today by Jason Jordan, Sports Illustrated's Director of Basketball Recruiting. As always, we'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Ah, Jason Jordan. It is good to see you brother as always. Thanks so much for joining us. And today we got to dive in to some class of 23 stuff. Since Gigi Jackson's gone, we got Simeon Wilcher. Where does Carolina turn next? And so one of the big names that, uh, as you've said, is, is talk of the town right now is Mr. TJ Power. And so I just yeah. love to start by kind of unpacking his game, what he brings to the table, uh, kind of in a deeper way. Right. Um, you know, so the biggest thing with TJ, I would say, is uh, his balance. I mean, his greatest asset is his ability to knock shots down. Right, if you really want to break it down, um, quick and dirty, he's knocking shots down from every every angle, every part of the court. Um, you know, he's NBA line extended for sure, but the way he's able to keep the defense off balance um, with his ability to drive and um, his ability as a playmaker, he's a guy who always keeps his head up, always on a swivel. Um, he's averaging like five assists a game uh, for the summer, maybe actually closer to seven six and a half seven which is insane especially in the eybl so yeah. he's an amazing playmaker he's a guy who's definitely going to have the ball in his hands um because that would be smart um not a point guard but a guy who's gonna get it in the half or could you know can lead the break for sure um but a guy who gets it in the half or set off pin downs and curls and um, screens and he make he just makes great decisions now a lot of those decisions end with him launching shots and that's a great decision <laughs> or him slashing to the lane. Um, and the thing is, he gets there. Like, he's going to get there. Um, and that's the, that's the you know, I hate to hate the guy say three-level score, but how do they get there? Like, he gets there in a variety of different ways, um, different combos. And he always has – the one thing that really stood out to me at Peach Jam was he has a combo for the combo. Kobe always used to talk about that. Like, <laughs> what is your, um, you know – you have to think three combos ahead. Like, what's your counter move for that? What's your counter for that counter? And he seems like a guy who thinks, like, okay, if you do this, I'm going to do that. Okay, great. If you do that, good. Good defense. Now I'm going to do this. You know, so he's always thinking three levels three levels ahead. He's a three-level score, but he's thinking three plays ahead 
high IQ guy. I'm really high on TJ um, after watching him all summer. So um, definitely a guy who, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's knocking three-pointers down at uh, uh, above 40%. I mean, you know, and then we're talking college and NBA line. Like, he doesn't toe the line. So um, just a heady player. Um, I mean, anybody who shoots right and throws an 87 mile left-handed fastball pretty special <laughs> you know yeah, so but, this yeah absolutely he's an athlete right like yeah. he does when he's doing something really interesting what you were just talking about there like one of the knocks on auburn's javari smith last year if, if we can have right. a knock on javari smith is that as good a shooter as good a player as he was he's not somebody who you put the ball in his hands and yeah. let him create for himself and it sounds like you're saying yeah tj doesn't have point guard ball handling skills but he's got enough ball handling skills that he can create on his own is that a fair thing to say 100 percent. i had this conversation over the weekend and what with the nba scout actually and what we what i told him he was like you know but can he handle the ball jay talking about tj i said put it like this he's not Kyrie. doesn't have it on the string <laughs> yeah but you're not at the end of the day you're not taking it from him. you're not taking the ball from him that's not gonna happen so you tell me, does he have it? Does he have ball handling skills? And so he was like, okay, we'll say less. You know, I said, there's no, you're not taking it from him. He just is, it, mentality wise, is different. He's different. And he said that, you know, we, we did a bigger, larger story on him last last week. Um, and he said at Peach Jam um, is when he had the mental shift. And that was his 33 point game. Uh, I think he had 28 in the second half. And um, that was kind of his coming out party. He's been doing well all year, but um, sure. the Blue Blood offer party started after <laughs> Kansas City, right? And that was the fourth and final. That was in July, the fourth yeah. and final EYBL session. And so he said in that, it was a 930 game. Nobody was really there, just the teams and few coaches. There wasn't a lot of coaches there. But in the second half, he says something, I hate to be cliche, but, you know, something in me, was different mentally because I my back was against the wall and I just came out firing and I was making shots and I got he, was just, he said it was really a mental he said I had that moment of mental shift and uh, my confidence went to a different level and he said I haven't gone back I haven't gone back since so and he had 41 in the next game you know, that, <laughs> that's, he was the guest of honor at the blue blood office Yes, because it's not just one game all of a sudden gets you these offers. It's you've established a healthy floor that people can see, but now they see this ceiling. Not only is there this potentially huge ceiling, but you've done it in back-to-back -back games. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the consistency is the biggest thing, right? Coaches always want to, you know, that's why people came when he said, oh, he had 30 throws. Okay, let me go watch him this game. It was another 9 o'clock game, and he had 41, you know, Um and it was like that too. And I always say like that. And you know, Hoopers know what that means. It was like <laughs> it wasn't just stand still. It was I'm giving you these buckets. Yeah. I'm getting all these buckets, hand in my face type buckets, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to go back, Jason, to something you said a couple of weeks ago when we just briefly touched on TJ. Uh, in, in comparison to uh, he and Gigi Jackson, and you said something along the lines of for what TJ Power brings to college, in yeah. some ways he might actually be a better fit for Gigi Jackson. Why, why, or than Gigi yeah. Jackson, excuse me. Yeah. Why, why would that be? Kind of like this. I mean, because of his ability to create, not be clear, Gigi Jackson's going to be a, um, a 
lottery pick. I mean, he looks great on paper, 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, scores. The thing about Gigi is he scores so easily. I mean, it's, you know, he's he's more physical. You know, he's bigger and more physical than TJ. Um, but that their games are different. Like, TJ is yep. knocking out shots, you know, ridiculously. That would be the biggest knock on Gigi's game. He's not knocking out shots like that. Um, especially when you're putting hands up, I mean, the, the, the percentages <laughs> go down. <laughs> um, but you know, TJ is stretching the defense, right? And then when you get up on him, he's going by you. He's he's creating, like he's getting a piece of the point, kick, painting, kicking out. He's doing the wraparound pass in the lane. Like he he's a really good passer. Like he's a he's got point guard like vision and um, precision as well. So. Um, you know, and I, I think with a logical progression, he could be on that. I mean, he's on that trajectory for one and done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I, you know, I, I, me personally, I want a guy who's stretching the defense. You yeah. Know, I, I'm always leaning there. So, you know, if y'all end up with Gigi Jackson, I don't think you'll, I mean, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. My mentions are going to be popping. Uh, yes, do it. Power. <laughs> I'm going to be very happy. You're going to be very yeah. You're not going to remember that. You probably won't even be better anymore. Not that you're better. Yeah. But. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, given what Hubert Davis is looking for in a player, like, again, like you've said, Gigi Jackson is this otherworldly phenomenal talent. But yeah. given TJ's game and how it translates – long-term to what Carolina is looking for, is there any world in which losing Gigi and if Carolina is able to pick up TJ Power is actually a win? Or is that too bold a statement to make? I won't say that just because I don't want to disrespect Gigi. Gigi is a bad man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, you know, he's starring on a team that has Robert Dillingham and Aiden Holloway. And, you know, he, that's, that's crazy, right? And Because they have the ball all the time. But... Um, it, it it you wouldn't remember. I think you forget. I think you forget. That's a great so way I guess that is a win, right? Because you're probably yeah. still a little mad. You see his name yeah. on Twitter, and you're like, "This guy, you know, this guy. Yeah. I can't believe he did." Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> so I think you'd be like, uh, you know, T.J. Power for president. You know, I, yes, I, I think you'd be fine. Yeah. And that's a great way to put it. it it's w- with no disrespect in that to Gigi at all, yeah. but TJ Power is going to do the types of things within whatever system, but particularly a Hubert Davis green light where you're going to forget uh, and be thrilled that you've got TJ Power. Well, that's what he brings to the table. Will he be bringing that skill set to Carolina? Jason's take after this important reminder from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your in shows up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life 
or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So, in the class of 2023, with Gigi Jackson in the fold, North Carolina hadn't really spent too much time on other power forwards, because why would you? <laughs> and so, uh, now, they're trying to play a little bit of catch-up. Is this a fair thing to say, Jason, that because of Gigi, the, the coaching staff didn't really need to look as much into other power forwards in this class? Yeah, I would say so. Um, but they knew... They, they knew they knew somewhat early on that it was a little weren't, you know, this is a little off, you know? Um, so <laughs> they, they were abreast of the situation. I think they were trying to make it work. Um, but to your point, they, in their try, even in their try to make it work, you know, maybe their attention was focused on that. And so they had to, you know, they are playing catch up. They are playing catch up, but they're not the only one. Sure. Absolutely. And with somebody like TJ Power, who pops a little bit late, like everyone yeah. who hasn't been on him the whole time is in that same ground. Now, for North Carolina, like it or not, for other fan bases out there, when a Carolina or a Duke or a Kentucky comes calling, you, you answer the phone. And so you, you are able to work your way into the conversation. However, a lot of times it's still too much ground to make up when yeah. you're playing catch up. Is that the case here? Do you think there's just too much ground that that Hubert Davis and staff are going to have to make up. No, <laughs> I don't. I want to give a deep answer, but the hard answer is no. I think he's I, very much, very much uh, uh, smitten with you guys. I think he's very much smitten with Duke. I think um, you know. I think the other guys have been there, um, but yeah, I think Duke and Carolina he likes a lot. Okay. Well, and speaking of which, he made a trip recently down to both schools to check right. them out. Right. Following those visits, Jason, is, is there anything you've heard specifically about, since we're talking about Duke as well, either his visit to Chapel Hill or his visit to Durham? Well, we talked in depth. I talked with TJ in depth about those visits. And um, he, you know, as you could probably imagine, it was two of the greatest days of his life, right? So he, the thing that he didn't, um, get to experience at Carolina and what he said he probably will will probably make a, a return visit there. So shout out, you know, a little news break for you guys. Uh, he <laughs> hey. to come back when the um, players are there. He wants to experience a correct practice with the players and, a, and he wasn't able to do that on his visit. Um, but he said, um, as it pertains to you guys, amazing. You know, he said he talked, he was in awe of the Dean Dome and um, mm. just, you know, looking up and he did the, you know, the movie moment where he looked around, you know? <laughs> um, so he said he was trying to envision his words, envision himself playing in the Dean though. Um, and it was, he said it was, it was a different experience. And he loved uh, Hubert Davis's stories, right? He, Hubert Davis is a great storyteller, right? So um, he said he loved just listening to his stories. And, and I always say that, I told, I told Hubert this, I've told him this a couple of times, you, you gotta love Hubert that you're gonna love Hubert Davis. Now there's no you there's no way. I mean, you know, it's you're gonna love Hubert Davis. So um that's one of the greatest things you guys that work for you guys. Um not with just um TJ, but but he did speak about a lot about that. I mean his visit to Duke obviously went well too. He and John Shire um pretty close. So um he talked about the related staff and because they're so yeah. they're all so young and um yeah, so he was singing their praises too, and he yeah. said Cameron. He's you know blown away by Cameron too, such a historic place. Yeah. So um, he gave both of them tens basically. Okay. So yeah, 
But he did say he was probably going to come back to Carolina. I think he saw the the practice at Duke. Um, so I don't know if he would do a double trip um, or like he kind of did last time. I would maybe think so because he has family in the area. And so, um, so I, I would think he potentially could take an extra day and see both. But he he said um, he that's potentially. But he he specifically said Carolina. He wants to come back and okay. you know experience the players and the practice. So I think he may be working on that. Love that. So by the way, Jason mentioned that article earlier that they posted last week. That deep dive. Make sure you check out that article on TJ Power. Give Jason some love there. And then also that's great news to hear about him wanting to come back to Chapel Hill, get a more in-depth experience. Now, you, you mentioned the family. For those who aren't aware, TJ Power is a New England kid, but how important would it be for North Carolina in terms of helping their chances knowing that Power has some family locally there? Yeah, I mean, that helps. That definitely helps. Unfortunately, it also helps Duke. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> are kind of close. Like, yeah. You know, it's like... You know, that's probably going to be their sale. Though. Well, you're with you're closer to us. Your aunt, your aunt lives down the street, you know. Um, so, yeah, but that, that'll that help. You know, that'll definitely yeah, help. Um, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Now, Jason, you mentioned this visit to Chapel Hill and all, all the things he was able to uh, accomplish and talk to, one of which is we know that TJ Power is also a baseball pl- player. Yeah. Is there any world in which he might be a dual sport athlete? He wants to be. You know he's 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 pretty uh pretty open about it, which I was kind of shocked by, if I'm being very honest. Um, and he said the coaches, well, the coaches are open to anything as long as you're coming, you know. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, after the season, they may want to, you know, have that baseball. You know, that's kind of how it works. But they, you know, they set up meetings with him and uh, your baseball staff, and he's talked to all baseball staffs at all five schools. So um, he's serious about it. And he said he's, he's not a guy who wants to come in and start. I mean, he wants to potentially be in the rotation of a, you know, a really good baseball team and kind of see where that could go. He's got the ability 6'8", throws a left-handed 87-mile-per-hour fastball. That's crazy. I mean, the more I think about that, the more I'm like, wow, that's insane. Yeah. That's like Randy uh, Johnson coming at you, yeah. Yeah, really. So um, he just wants to see where that can go. But he's he's kind of set on it. You know, yeah. um, I think he'll do it. Put it like that. I think he'll do it. Yeah. I think well, after that, my madness, when you guys cut the nets down, um, I think he's going to have baseball practice. That's man, that's that's crazy to think about. It would be really interesting to see. And not, not necessarily a combination we all often see being a no. dual sport athlete in college. Now, Jason, you mentioned he talked to all five baseball coaching staffs. And so for those who aren't aware, in addition to North Carolina and Duke, his final five, TJ Powers, also includes Boston College, Virginia, and the one non-ACC school going over to the Big Ten with the Iowa Hawkeyes where he could shoot to his heart's content and never have to play defense. So <laughs> just what Fran McCaffrey does. So when you look at these five schools, Jason, what, what do you see? How, how does the decision play out? What are going to be the factors in ultimately determining his decision? You know, I think he, um, I think he definitely wants to be somewhere where he has the best chance of winning. Right? Um, uh, we talked about playing with um, more with an elite group of talent, and so he said that's attractive to him. Um, so I, you know, I definitely think he wants to be somewhere where there's an opportunity for him to step in and use his um, ability. I think everybody's going to have the, they're going to make room if there's not room, and because he's really that good. 
So I don't think he'll have to uh, worry there. But, you know, I think he wants to be in position to um, be on a, a roster that is built to win in, in year one and um, where he's kind of the piece that would kind of complete it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I I think I could see that as the case on all five rosters. Um, and I think he'd get the neon green light on all five um so it you know and we talked about that and he was like ah but you know that that doesn't really help narrow it down and um (laughs) you know i could make the case that he probably will be built to win at uh your school and uh another school you may not like so much um (laughs) from from day one even more so than the other three um but you know i think he's realizing how tough it is now like he said he they did the mock all right, let's weigh this thing out. Pros and cons, and it was tough. It was tough, you know. So even getting down to the five was tough uh, yeah. for him. So it's going to be interesting. He, he's shooting for a decision in late September, so we should know something in the next month or so. Yeah, okay. So not not too much longer to wait. To, hopefully, anyway, not too much yeah. longer to wait. Sometimes these get pushed back, and then we'll wait and see on TJ Power, and then obviously we'll talk with Jason more about that. Now, TJ Power is a highly sought-after high school player, but given the easy movement of transfers these days, are players like Powers, uh, as like Power, still as highly desirable as ever? Just in a second, we'll talk about that. Have Jason put on his coach's hat and tell you what he'd be looking for right after I tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's also reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info. From live in-game betting to sports, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, it's been great to talk about TJ Power. Uh, really going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the next month. But now, Jason, I want to ask you to go ahead and put your coach's hat on, take off that recruiting hat, and I want to ask you this. If you're running a program at the D1 level, are you still recruiting high school recruits the same level you were five years ago? Or given the flexibility of the transfer portal now, are you calming down on how you recruit high schoolers? That's a great question. Um, How I would do it and how I've heard that coaches are doing it is they're leaving one or two spots for the transfer. And so that's why they're pushing for especially like uh, underclassmen, like the 24 class and, and, and below, they're saying, hey, come on, I'm telling you, you know, you, I know you think we have, I know you probably done some research on our depth chart, but you did not factor in uh, the kid from Radford who is averaging 22, <laughs> you know, because we're on him no. too, you know. And did I mention he's averaging 22, which means <laughs> I'm going to take him over you, you know, because you're not TJ Power, right? Especially that, like, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to stay in the race for TJ and that level and uh, um, Simeon Wilcher and uh, DJ Wagner. I'm going to stay in that race for sure. Uh, Aaron Bradshaw, all those guys. But, 
you know, even lower level four stars, uh, eh, I can get, uh, if I can get an 18 and six guy, I'm taking 18 and six guy. Interesting. So I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. And this is what coaches, coaches say the same thing. It's like, you know, so much so that they have, you know, back at, I say back in the day, but even last year, even to some degree this year, but it slowed down substantially where coaches used to tell their recruits, hey, you know what? Looks like you got the credits to go ahead and reclass up. We need, we need you now. So, you know what? Just reclass up and then we're going to take you. We'll develop you and it's all good. Don't worry about it. Now, that doesn't typically work out well for guys that do it at the last minute. Like, so, I, you know, people always point to R.J. Barrett, but. I mean, R.J. Barrett reclassed down in the ninth grade. So, really, did he really reclass up? You know? Yeah. So, um, he's just getting back to average. <laughs> getting back. And that's what most of them are. If, if you really investigate it, when they reclass up, they're not reclassing up. That's right. They're in their same grade. So, um, you know, that has kind of eliminated that, too, um, because they're like, and so much so, I, I, I told the story before, but. I know a well-known, I won't say his name, a well-known five-star kid, and I'll just use a, a range over the last five years, right, to be nice. Um, the range of the last five years, and he, I'm talking all-American level, yeah. And he was like, oh, Coach, uh, you know this high school thing isn't for me. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to go ahead and come down. And the staff was like, yeah, no, you're not. No, you're not, because we can get a really we're in this thing for a really good transfer. And you need to, you know, you need some more, uh, you know, you need to just stew a little bit. And, you know, why don't you go win that McDonald's All-American MVP, you know, in your senior year. And so they wouldn't take him. They said, no, no, you're not coming early. So, they, I mean, think about that. This is a this is an All-American, yeah. All-American kid, five star. I mean, this is from his mouth. <laughs> And the staff was like, no, 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 no. We got a transfer that we really want. And yeah. why? Just go work on your game. So it's a new day. Yeah. It's wow. a new day. And here's what's interesting to me about that. Like that that 18 and 6 transfer kid you talked about yeah. was probably likely that lower tier four star guy oh. you just talked about. So Maybe you know what? Three. Exactly. So, homie, why don't you go? play at a mid-major or a low uh, high major and uh, get to that 18 and six level, let them develop you. And then we'll bring you in in a couple years. Is that a reality of the present age? Let me tell you something that'll blow your mind. And I, and I may still do this story. So just, if y'all try and take this story, just remember <laughs> I said it here first. I talked to low level and mid low, low to mid level coaches, right? Who say their pitch and they, they're open about it. And you think this would be something they keep on the low. They're open about it. They say, well, we got to change with the time. So there is no pride. We tell kids now, we know the elephant in the room. Um, why don't you come? Average, you're talented enough. You're like a a fringe four-star kid because that's what they're, you know, they're, they stay with threes and they're not going to get a four-star. So you're kind of almost a four-star. What you could do. I know you want uh, Duke and Carolina and Kansas and Kentucky. You want them on you, right? So you can come on over here. We have an open spot. We need a scorer. All we want you to do is score. You can average 18 to 20 a game as a freshman. So you produce for us and then you portal. And that's the selling point. They they say it. They, like they, I, I, they, I'm telling I couldn't believe it. I was like, you really? He was like, yeah, you better change with the times or you're going to be fired. 
So, yeah, if that kid helps us win the league, did, did we really lose that he transferred? You know? So, yeah. So there's the title of the article, Producing Portal, right there. Jason, yeah, you got yeah. it. Write that about now. <laughs> so so then as a coach, like if there's like let's say you, Jason Jordan's son is like this guy that I know I'm not really wanting right now or can't get right now or whatever the case may be. I don't have enough scholarships. But who knows, two to three years. So I'm gonna do a little bit more recruiting than I otherwise would because I know I can't get you. But I'm just I'm just laying some seeds for a couple years yeah. down the road. It, it, that's part of the calculus now, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. All right, Coach Jason Jordan, thank you for putting on your coach's hat for us here for a little bit on Locked On Tar Heels. Everyone, stay tuned. We got about a month to wait on this TJ Power decision we've been talking about, and we'll see how that goes. Jason Jordan, as always, thank you so much for being with us today. Always a pleasure, man. Look forward to it next week. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. My thanks, as always, to Jason Jordan for joining us. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about football recruiting. There's two commits who are announcing their college choices tomorrow, both of whom Carolina is in the running for. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow Jason at JasonJordanSI, and you can follow me at Isaac Shade. Get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen of the day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. It's been so great to be together today. Please go ahead and subscribe, smash the like button, and leave some comments and five-star reviews if you enjoyed the show. Really appreciate you hanging out with me on a Thursday. Can't wait to do it again tomorrow. And for today, I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a target. Until tomorrow, peace! <laughs>